Good evening, everybody. This is your host, Huge Pop, from the Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. We are live tonight on the HPWP with a special guest. Our guest is one. He's been booked from – he's out of the St. Louis area. He travels all over the country. He's competed in over 900 matches. Uh, a lot more than that, man. A lot more than that, he says. <laughs> Ohio Valley Wrestling, World League Wrestling, Ring of Honor. He's been – he's done it all. Welcome to the show, Brandon Espinoza. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, no, it's it's more close to eighteen hundred matches. If you're oh. going, if you're going based off the the the, I think that was probably cage match. That only has about nine hundred fifty matches on there. But no, it's okay. I, about seventeen fifty to eighteen hundred matches at this point. So a, awesome, a bunch. <laughs> and if you don't notice down in the bottom, we have a special co-host tonight. Um, he's from Keeping It Cool with Tyler Cooley, man. So hit up his uh, podcast. He's doing it. He's a young man. Um, Tyler, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, we're going to talk some stuff with Brandon here. Uh, have fun. That's just what's good. That's what it's about on the Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. It's having fun. Man. So welcome Definitely. aboard. Definitely. Yeah, I, I'm really excited, and I really appreciate you. You know, asking me to come on and come join you guys tonight. Absolutely, man. No, 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 no stress, man. So, Brandon, um, can you tell us? As a fan, um, I mean, did you start out young watching wrestling? And what was your experiences, man? Yeah, so the funny thing about wrestling is I've been watching it since I was like one or two. Um, the first actual time I went to the doctors for something other than like a cold was actually I jammed my neck when I was like three and a half. And what it was is me and my dad were at home wrestling and uh, he was uh, Hulk Hogan. I was Macho Man. And he gave me just what, you know, we use as a scoop slam and uh, ending up a jam my neck pretty hard into the bed. And so when I went to the doctors the next day, uh, the doctor, like, his, he's like, oh, your dad did this? Starts writing down on, on a piece, uh, <laughs> uh, sheet. He's like, your dad hurt you? And I'm like, yeah. And then he's like, what did he do? And I'm like, he slammed me. He's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, he was Hulk Hogan. I was Macho Man. He's like, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, we were wrestling. And he was like, oh, okay. And so ending up, I had to wear a neck brace for like four weeks because of it. But I've been a huge fan since I was a young kid. I uh, watched until about four or five and then um, didn't really, we didn't have a lot of cable at that time. So um, we, we, I think we had one TV that had cable and it was always taken by my family and being, you know, single digit age, I really didn't have a vote on what we're going to watch. But luckily once we, I got older and we moved and had a couple TVs at that point at like 10, 11, I started watching it again and just... It's just been going ever since. Awesome, man. I got a story similar to your story. I My dad's on this here. I have to, so I have to tell it. Um, I was probably 16 years old, and I had a brother that was probably well, he was 10 years younger than me, so six, seven. Maybe I was a little older. But anyways, Saturday night's main event was on, right? That's what that's the, that's the wrestling I could watch because I couldn't get the pay-per-views. I didn't have the big dish. So, I got, so every Saturday night, I watched Saturday night's main event, and Sid Vicious doing the power bomb, right? Mm-hmm. My brother, he wasn't supposed to come into my room, but he snuck in anyways. And we're watching Sid Vicious, Hulk Hogan, and all this stuff. And I and Sid goes, what's that I smell? So I picked my brother up, and I put him in the powerbomb position, and I powerbombed him to the bed. But his feet hit the light fixture up in the room. Oh. So, of course, you got to believe that thing came crashing down. right above, And we, my bedroom was upstairs. We lived in a chalet, so my mom and dad slept right below us. So if you the imagine the crash it made, yeah, that's, that's... the end of that story, and uh, <laughs> we won't go any further. But that's how that happened. So, um, growing up, what what were some of your favorite stars, man? Who'd you watch? Who'd you follow? 
Uh, I mean, like I said, when it was the the golden era, it was definitely Hogan and Macho Man. And um, I mean, those were the main two. I, I, I remember I was a pretty big fan of Big Boss Man at the time. I think I was a big fan of the uh, the natural disasters. Um, so, like, I watched a lot of them when I was, like, you know, single-digit age. And then, obviously, by the time I was 10, 11, we get into the Attitude Era. And I gravitated quickly to Steve Austin. Um, my cousin was a huge fan of the rock. So we always had that. We were, we, my cousin was at my house all the time. So we were more siblings than cousins. So we had that sibling rivalry with the rock and stone cold. Uh, then obviously I started liking Jericho a lot with the, the millennial man, um, a millennium man. And so like ending up, those were kind of the main guys I watched. I did not watch WCW. I did not watch ECW. Um, you know, luckily my, my promotion I watched, you know, won the battle, um, so ending up, that was my main go-to was WWF. And I had no idea about the indie circuit at that time. I didn't know about that until I was 15 years of age. So it was strictly WWF. Okay. Tyler, you got any questions for the guy? I mean, yeah, you're, I mean, you're asking a lot of good questions. Let me just tell you, I was actually going to ask that one, uh, but you beat me to it. So I was trying to think of a new question while he was answering that one. Uh, um, so. Yeah, go I, ahead. Oh, okay. Well, uh, go ahead. I'd be curious. I don't think this was asked just yet. Um, Brandon, how long have you exactly been wrestling? So my debut was October 8th of 2005. So we're somewhere around 18 and a half years at this point. Oh, or 18 and a quarter years. So, yeah, it's been it's been quite a long time at this point. Okay. At this point, my wrestling career is an adult. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So... What are some highlights of what kind of training did you go through? Who did you, what school did you go to? Who are your trainers? Can you explain to that? Yeah, definitely. So uh, to me, pro wrestling training never stops. Uh, even though I'm 18 and a quarter years in, I still believe in that. I, I still have things to learn and things that I need to work on. Uh, but when I started, I started at a local promotion down here called MMWA. Um, and they were also known as South Broadway was just kind of the local term. Um, and guys that trained there was, uh, Gary Jackson, and then a, a wrestler named Philly Blunt. Um, those were kind of my main guys that started me. Uh, I did train with another kind of guy that was younger in the business. I think he was only a couple years in. Um, he went by the name of the teacher. Uh, unfortunately, that only lasted about six months because uh, he uh, got put in jail for 20 years for attempted murder. Uh, matter of fact, it's an Amazon video. You can go and watch his story about that. Uh, just look up teacher Sam Shelton. You'll find out all about that. Um, so after that, I, you know, kept training for about a year there. And then I started working for a company called LWA, which is now St. Louis Anarchy. And um, there was a tr guy there that I gravitated towards named Dingo. And Dingo was the head trainer of Dynamo at that time. So I started training with him. And then while we were there, Davey Richards uh, moved to St. Louis at first. Uh, so he started training us down there and I was there with them for about six to nine months together. And then Davey kind of went off on his own. And then I kept training a little bit with Dingo. And then ultimately I went back to South Broadway, helped kind of start training guys myself. And then when it got to about 2011, that's when I went to OVW and I started to learn under Al Snow um, and kind of learn more of the production and the storylines more so than wrestling. Uh, not the, the the wrestling aspect, but the pro wrestling aspect of it. And so went there for until about 2013, 14, came back to St. I never left St. Louis, but brought my training back specifically to St. Louis. Um, from about 2015 to 18, I trained under Michael Elgin. 
um, learned a bunch of cool new transitions in wrestling and, you know, kind of more in depth, um, how to put stuff together and, you know, fit all the pieces together, uh, to kind of make me unique at, at that point. Okay. And then once I stopped there, uh, off and on, I've been training at the Harley race Academy since I haven't, fortunately I haven't been there in about a year to really train just cause I don't have a lot of time. I've been doing two to three shows a week. Um, so I don't have a lot of time, but for about a year, I was there one or two times a week training, uh, under Leland race at the Harley race Academy. And I could still go back there. Once I find more time, I'm going to try to get back there. Uh, it's just with my schedule, running my own personal business, as well as having kids, it's just a really hard thing to, uh, to constantly be on the go. So you mentioned Gary Jackson. Is that the same Gary Jackson that belongs to SICW? Um, yes, it is. Okay. I had him on a couple, about a month ago. Man, that guy's full of knowledge. So, yep. Man, that's exciting, man. Hot Tyler, man. I'm sorry. I'm just, it's like the fan side of me. I'm just sitting here listening to Brandon, you know, answer these questions. And I'm just like, wow. Like, yeah. I'm loving it. Um, well, first of all, really quick shout out to Larry. I saw your comment, Larry. Thanks for coming in here. So, I would kind of like to talk about, you know, maybe some, some matches that we've seen you in, you know, kind of possibly some of like, your favorite matches and maybe people that you've, you know, faced that you would want to face again, or even people that you, you know, haven't had the chance to face yet that you kind of have your eyes on. Okay. I mean, some of my favorite matches, I don't really have like matches per se, but I've had some pretty unique uh, feuds that I've been able to have. So they would be, you know, anywhere between three to six matches. Um, one feud that really helped me out in the area was a feud with Jimmy Jacobs. Um, which, you know, he's, he's a former ring of honor guy, uh, was a producer for WWE for a while, uh, storyline producer. Um, and now I think he's working backstage at impact. Um, so having that feud for a good year and a half, two years really helped me out with the business and helped me learn more of that fast paced style. Like he, he does as well as again, it, it really helped with, uh, learning how to piece things together. So they made more sense. Um, I had a huge feud with Paradise at OVW when I first started. Um, it was a, a program that Al Snow really, really loved because of the storyline we had. Um, we, we, we took aspects of Glee uh, for that storyline. Paradise's character was a um, flamboyant, kind of uh, ambiguous character. Um, you know, he wasn't necessarily out, but he wasn't necessarily in. And he was, you know, and he, he flaunted it a lot. And my character at that time hated him. And the ultimate reason he hated him was because that was my character was like him, but it didn't know how to be out. And so we did a good six month feud. And finally we had the, the blow off match of the feud. And then we ultimately started being a team and we teamed up for a good year, year and a half until I ultimately had to leave OVW for the time. And then he left too. I mean, he, he ended up becoming a, um, a cameraman for impact for a while. And he's currently, a producer for WWE. He's actually one of the guys, if you watch the last ride documentary with uh, undertaker, he's one of the guys that's helping put that kind of together. Um, you can spot him, and you would know it's him if, if you knew who he was. Um, so that feud was really good. Um, the other feud that I always like to laugh about is I had like a three or four match program with um, El Generico, um, which is obviously now Sami Zayn. And so that was really fun. Um, anytime I've worked, as an extra, Sammy will come up to me and talk to me because he remembers that. And he's even asked for one of the matches to figure out where it was because he ended up riding a skateboard to hit me with a clothesline. 
Um, and he used to laugh about that when he got called up for the first time because he was getting called up um, to finally work for Raw and SmackDown the same time I was getting my first opportunities to be extra um, and work work for them and do tryout matches. So it was kind of cool to see him there as well as um, Heidi Lovelace or Ruby uh, Ruby uh, Soho now. Um, she had just got called up as well as well as uh, – Matter of fact, Sarah Logan was in the same group with me as well when we were getting called up for the first time. Um, so that was cool, the the feud with Generico. Uh, I mean, I've I really enjoyed the program that me and Tom Coffey did at OVW a couple years ago. Um, it was literally about two years ago to the day that we started uh, kind of like destroying OVW. And so that was really cool. Um, ultimately, that ended after about six months because he, uh, he we did... Um, the same thing as a barbed wire match, but it was with the ropes were chains instead. And somebody, one of the rookies, stupidly put a little like um, key carabiner to hook the links instead of a link uh, connector. And so when Tom, which he's about a 300 pound big boy, uh, hit it, it snapped and he flew back and ended up busting his MCL pretty bad. So that kind of halted everything there. But that six month feud and being able to play this character that I've ultimately have really engulfed myself in was really fun. Um, now it, a, a, an opponent that I haven't had. Um, I mean, I've wrestled so many of the people that are now on the, the up, uh, upper scene. I, I laughed with um, my group, uh, the dysfunction group, as well as a couple of my friends and stuff that in February last year, I actually wrestled and beat two of the guys that were in the main events for both pay-per-views. Oh. Uh, I've, you know, I got to wrestle MJF. I wrestled Austin Theory. I wrestled Sammy, and so that's that's cool. But so, the only one person that I haven't had a match with that I really, really would love to get at some point, and he's taken very limited bookings because of his age, obviously at this point. But that's Al. Um, he is the only guy that I've done training with or have gotten training from that I have yet to have a match with. So I'm hoping somewhere down the line I can convince somebody to book Dysfunction versus the new, new Rockers uh, with Kyle Hero and Al so that we can actually get that match out there and I can finally have my match with the last person I've ever, the last guy that I haven't had that I've trained with. I get the chance to meet Al Snow um, in June. I'm going to be, I have a vendor table at the River City WrestleCon in um, Jacksonville, Florida. So I'm super stoked nice. about that. Yeah, so MJF, huh? MJF, you got a chance to wrestle him, huh? Yep, punted him right in the in the gonads and beat him. So yeah, is he that big of a? Is he just that like the, like he says he shows he is on TV? Oh no, 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 okay, no, he was really easy to deal with in the back. And the four of us, you know, they even though I was kind of the odd man out at that point because you got to figure, you know, especially looking at looking at who the other three competitors of that match were. You've got Austin Theory, which is, you know, a WWE guy now. You have Chuck Taylor and MJF, who are big AEW guys, especially MJF. Um, Chuck Taylor's got a good run there, too. And the fact that they had me, who's only had, you know, a handful of matches for Ring of Honor and only one real match for Impact, the fact that they allowed me to uh, have input in that match was really cool. Um, and they didn't have to. They could have easily told me what to do, and I would have just done it. But they they trusted me and everything. And so he his character is his character. But overall, he's actually a really, really cool dude. So just the, the last thing about MJF, do you think he's jumping ship to WWE, or do you think he'll stay at AEW? I think he'll stay. That's just me personally. Right. Uh, not that the WWE 
ship has sailed of any sort uh, for them. I just think that uh, the way that they have started this story with Adam, I don't think it's, I don't think he's leaving yet. I think that they only started that because they know ultimately he's going to be there still. Um, I mean, I know that the whole point of wrestling is to go out on your back to, to put over the next story or the next person, but I don't think that was that moment. I think that was just the next phase of the Adam Cole MJF story. Awesome, man. So inspirations in wrestling for you as in mentors, is it Al Snow? Um, do you still keep in contact with him or is there more um Oh, I talked to Al at least once a week. I mean, I just talked to him a couple days ago. Um, so no, he's he's still somebody I I listen to and I try to try to please him as best as I can. Um, you know, my my upbringing with different trainers, it's it's sometimes they don't mesh well with styles. Um, Al Snow's style is completely different than a Michael Elgin. Michael Elgin's style is completely different than a Davey Richards. Davey's completely different than a Gary Jackson. So when you have to mix all those, and then you also throw in the old school Leland Ray style of wrestling from Harley's, you know, training, like it, they kind of all clash, which is perfect for me so that I have a hybrid style and I can always alternate and move around which styles I need um, to do to be different on any show I'm on. But the biggest problem I have is obviously at OVW, I need to do more of what Al wants. And sometimes it's hard for me to connect on what he wants. And I'm trying to still figure out how to be the persona that he wants me to, because when he sees the persona of dysfunction, he sees something completely different than what I'm presenting. And so, and he's saying that a lot of times that the presentation of like my promos are completely different than the presentations of my wrestling. And I've really got to find a way to mix the wrestling to match the promos because he loves the promos. And that's where I'm having a, a, a disconnect. But Al, I still adore listening to everything he tells me and any knowledge he can drop on me. I, I, I appreciate because I even uh, instill that on guys. You can ask Tyler. I, I, I talk about it in one of our group chats that we have for the promotion in St. Louis that I help out with. And most of my learnings that I teach to them or try to push onto them so that they understand it is from Al himself. So, so I, a lot of fans, I don't think, understand. I think they think that you guys just go in there and perform and whatever, whatever. But you said something that you have to – it's it's almost like you, you got to – it's difficult to take this and this and um, be what – get what else no really wants. So mm -hmm. it's not just – you just don't go there, show up on a Saturday and just do what you do. There's there It is an art. It is a job. It is that something that takes time and – you know, you got to know what you're doing. Am I right? Oh, for sure. I mean, you wouldn't like the, 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 the persona that we're currently doing amongst dysfunction, the way that it was, um, that I brought it together. It was from an anime character, uh, from my hero academia. And then it, the, the whole cult, um, persona part of it was to kind of mimic the Wyatt family. Okay. And so like, you wouldn't expect Bray Wyatt to go in there and hit 16 super kicks. Right. That just doesn't, play the character you expect when Bray comes out there, he's kind of a larger than life character that has um, that comes off very cr uh, cryptic and creepy. And which is why he does, you know, he used to do that like back bend and stuff like that in the ring and just his movements in the ring were always matching that persona. And for me, I've just wrestled for so long on the Indies as well as doing that style of wrestling that it's um, sometimes it's hard for me to, want to kind of dumb it down to be more of that persona that this character is supposed to be. 
Um, but again, everything's a work in progress. And even in 18 years into the business, everybody can learn. Tyler, man, it's your turn, man. Definitely. Yeah. So I kind of, I kind of want to dig right in, you know, um, to some, some upcoming matches you have. Uh, I was scrolling through Facebook earlier today and I saw one match specifically that I really wanted to talk about that world league wrestling announced. Um, I believe it's for their show this weekend and you <laughs> going one-on-one with Camaro Jackson. So I, I just kind of want to get your thoughts on that match, honestly, man, because I, as a fan, I think that's going to be one heck of a match to see. Yeah. So me and Camaro have never had a singles match. Um, we've had a bunch of like tag matches as well as a bunch of like uh, scramble matches, uh, but we've never actually gone one-on-one. Um, so like, I'm looking forward to it. Cause you know, he's, he's a, he's a really good up, up and coming wrestler. I mean, I know he's been around for about five, six years at this point, maybe a little longer. And he's, he's a staple to the St. Louis area. Um, you know, the, the, the same recognition that I got from about 2009 to about 2014, that's pretty much where Camaro Jackson is currently in the St. Louis area. Um, you know, when you think of wrestlers in St. Louis, um, you think of like guys like me, you think of guys like Camaro, you could think of guys like Leland, you know, guys that have been around for a while or some of the SICW guys, or even some of the MMWA guys, um, as well as Russell Max and glory pro they've, they've, they've got a staple in this area plus dynamo, um, you know, and even CHWA has got a pretty, you know, people know these people at this point, but when you want, when you know, you see a Camaro Jackson on a card, or you see a Brandon Espinosa on a card, you know that that matchup is going to be good. And the fact that we're both going one-on-one with each other, uh, that's, you know, really cool. Now, persona purposes, it's perfect for me because I'm still eyeing to get my WLW tag team championships back. So who's currently holding one half of that Camaro Jackson. So it's just a perfect segue into me getting what I want. Herb Sevens, thank you for jumping on board, man. Thank you for saying hi. Uh, Larry Wolf, thank you for being on here. Everybody that's on this podcast right now, thank you guys for being there. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the follow button where you're at. Um, to dive into your Netflix wrestlers um, kind mm-hmm. of thing going on, can you talk to us about that and how, what's your part in that whole thing? And So I wasn't one of the like uh, interviewees of any sort. Um, They kind of knew who they wanted from the get go. And that was like cash flow, Haley, Haley J or uh, Hollywood. Um, They obviously wanted to follow her boyfriend at the time. Um, And then Reverend Ronnie, you know, because he was kind of Haley's uh, trainer um, as well as Al. Um, So like I was there for a good chunk of the tapings and you can find me in every episode. Um, I'm somewhere like matter of fact, the one, the one spot I laugh about is, um, Al's talking about coming back to the ring for the first time in like, you know, X amount of years. And he's just looking at the ring. And at that time I'm going over how I'm going to kidnap somebody backstage and how I'm going to tie her up to the ring post. And you're watching me look, show how I'm going to tie her up. And I'm just like, great. They caught me on camera. Um, They caught me in the act. So, uh, you know, it, but that I'm, like I said, I'm in almost every episode. There's a couple episodes where it's hard to notice me because I have, um, at the time, for most of my promos, I was wearing my my uh, dysfunction vest, and I had a hat on, and I would wear my hood up. So most of the time, I'd walk around the arena, and I'd have all that stuff on because I'd be 
having to do a pre-tape of some sort or get something, you know, tape for uh, online or something like that. So, uh, but yeah, again, I'm, I'm in almost every episode and I, I've watched some of wrestlers. Um, unfortunately to me, it's a little too close to home. So I just kind of don't want to dive back into that kind of stuff, especially because right when wrestlers was starting to be taped, that's kind of when everything went haywire for me uh, with the injury happening to Tom and stuff like that. Um, but no, it is a phenomenal show. All of my family have watched it. Uh, my kids have watched it. So they enjoy it. And it's really cool to be able to, you know, have that stamp on my name that I've been on a Netflix show. Awesome. Tyler, man, your turn. You know what's messed up? I still have yet to see that that documentary on Netflix. And I am pretty upset about it. But I one day, one day. Gotta check it out. I Yeah, it's it's going to happen. So kind of another match I wanted to dig into, I, you know, wanted to take a little bit of a break in between, let Scott get his question and then kind of dig into this next match. Um, another match that I'm well, you know, well known, um, Illinois Elite Wrestling, February 10th, you have a match with the Illinois Elite Wrestling Midwest Champion Jody Ultra for the Mid-State, or Mid-State, Mid-West uh, championship. Of course, mm -hmm. you became number one contender uh, last Illinois Elite Wrestling show when you defeated Big Daddy Dion. So what are your thoughts going into that match, kind of knowing that this is, you know, a title match? And I mean, Jody Ultra, I've seen him. I know you've seen him. You guys are both really good competitors. I know you guys are both going to bring it your all in this match. So I, I'm really excited for it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jody, Jody's got some work to do. Um, you know, he's still relatively young in the business and he's only, even though he's had over a little bit of a, over a hundred matches or something like that in his career at this point, he's only really wrestled for two places. Um, and so, you know, when you, when you wrestle for only a couple places, even if it is like an OVW, um, or, or an SICW or an MMWA, or in his case, CHWA, um, when you're only wrestling there, you only wrestle the talent there and you only get as good as what the top talent is. Um, so when, when, when you've got something like that, and let's say Jody was the best talent at CHWA, well, if he's the top, you can't get any better. And so you have to be willing to leave. Um, that's ultimately what I did with MMWA. At that time, they were partnered with SICW, is I had quickly skyrocketed to the, the one of the championships, and ultimately, I just didn't think I could go any further. So I wanted to leave. And so Jody unfortunately was forced to leave CHWA and he ultimately found his new home at IEW. And um, so for him, you know, he he's made a name already for himself there. Um, you know, I can't really tell if he's a good guy or a bad guy, but this seems like the fans do care for him, um, which is great. But ultimately for me, this is another opportunity for me to show a young guy what it is to wrestle an elite caliber wrestler. Um, you know, yeah, I, I've never been signed on a, well, no, I've been signed to a contract. I was, I was signed to OVW. Um, but like the thing is, is that, um, you know, yeah, sure. I haven't had some matches on the bigger pay-per-views and stuff like that. Um, you know, like WrestleMania and stuff like that, but I am one of the only guys in St. Louis that wrestles 
for a company that has pay-per-views or a company that has a weekly live television program. Um, I'm also one of the only guys that has had a match for Impact or has wrestled a couple handful of matches for Ring of Honor. Um, so for Jody to wrestle somebody like that, I think it's a big step up for him. And it's going to be a challenge for him because, again, there's also another major difference here is Jody's <laughs> roughly about 5'6". I'm 5'10". Oh, so, and on top of it, Jody is a real, he's a really, if you want to put it this way, he's got more of a swimmer body. And so he's really small and, and, and fit while you're looking at a guy that weighs 230 pounds that can still move around just as quick as he can. So I'm completely something different than he has ever wrestled before. One in, 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 in caliber of matches, also in style of matches, as well as in ring ability. So for him, it's going to be a really big step up for him to see what he can do. Ultimately, I think it'll be a good match. Um, and I look forward to it. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't be doing the match if I didn't want to do it. Because um, I can always go find something else if I need to. And I am perfectly fine with wrestling Jody, as that is one of the guys when I walked into IEW a year ago that I rec I requested to ultimately wrestle at some point there. One of them was P.T. Beckham, which I got to wrestle him a couple times. I wanted to wrestle War because I have never wrestled War, um, even in the 18 years we've known each other. And then one of the younger guys I wanted to wrestle at that time, there was a handful of young guys. It, uh, Jesse J I wanted to wrestle, which I got to wrestle up in uh, Noble, Illinois, uh, the day after Christmas. And then um, Jody was a guy that I ultimately wanted to wrestle just to see if I could help guide him in a different direction than he has made. I'm Everyone in St. Louis knows that I have always been the king of controversial ways here. But mine have always been in a different light than the way that they do it. I've always been controversial, but I've also backed it up. During my biggest controversial times, I end up being the wrestler of the year in the area. I had matches of the year in the area. I was winning wards left and right. I was in the PWI top 500 for 10 years straight. So I always had something to back it up. The problem with Jody, unfortunately, he only has one place to work. And you can't be a wrestler of the area of the year if you're wrestling in one place. So... I would love to see what this hap what happens to this. I'd love to see what what spirals with it, what branches off from that timeline whenever we wrestle. Um, and ultimately, again, like I said, this match wouldn't be happening if I didn't want it to happen. Most definitely, yeah, definitely. And if anybody wants to see that match, February tenth, Granite City Elks Lodge, Brandon Espinoza versus Jody Ultra Illinois Elite Wrestling Midwest Championship, and be there right at six o'clock. Because, unfortunately, I have to bolt to Troy, Missouri and wrestle right after that again. So, be there right at 6 o'clock. Nice, nice. Herb Simmons uh, says, uh, you've uh, trained many wrestlers. Uh, what are some highlights of those wrestlers that uh, you've trained? I mean, I, I've trained a lot of wrestlers. Um, I don't talk about them too much anymore. Um, unfortunately, there was a lot of uh, lover's quarrel in that. Um, a lot of the guys I, I trained, I was only... 26 27 when i started training guys and i uh you know i was still learning how to be a teacher and so when i have a very like in your face style of talking to people when they ask my opinion i'm not going to lie to you i'm not going to sugarcoat it i'm not going to tell you what you want to hear ultimately i'm going to tell you what you need to work on and the things that i see are wrong in the game um you know and that's why a lot of times i've bumped heads even with promoters and stuff like that um and I, and it sucks because i've learned how to how to 
better word things and be a little more um, understanding. And I think like the way that I teach guys now, I've got a couple guys that I'm mentoring like virtually or even taking them on the road with me. And I think I've learned how to kind of word things better and make sure it's not so much like brass and like very abrasive. I think it's more laid. It's not laid back, but I explain it in better detail now. Um, but back, back when I started training guys, um, one of my first trainees was Ace Hawkins. Um, and ending up, I helped get him recognized as PWI rookie of the year that year. Um, the following year I had guys like a, a gentleman named Dave Osborne, uh, who ended up getting in the PWI 500, um, his rookie year because of the amount of matches he had. I trained a gentleman named Raphael King. Um, he got runner up for PWI rookie of the year and I've trained pretty much most of the guys that are now helping run St. Louis, I ultimately had some kind of hand in their training. And again, they there's a lot of um, ill feelings between us. And again, it's because of the fact of how I approach them with things. Um, and, and again, I've always said it. I'm sorry for the way that I've done that. It was never to the extent of anything that um, that was that could be cancel cancelable um but it was you know a lot of people don't like to be coached that way and it was hard for me to learn that because when i got coached i was always told that if i stop if the coaches stopped yelling at me that they didn't care for me anymore and so when i was yelling at the guys and trying to get them to correct things and course correct where they were going with stuff it was ultimately because i knew the ability that they had and I knew where they could go with this. I mean, again, ultimately most of them are running the places in St. Louis now and people would not want to work for them. If I, if their ability as a, as a wrestler or a, your ability as a booker wasn't there. And um, again, like, you know, if anything, if any of these guys ever watch this again, I'm sorry for the way that I came at you, but it was always with the best intention in mind. And um, even the, the promoters that I've worked for, you know, a lot of the guys, they, a lot of the trainer or promoters didn't like the way I approached things and I should have approached it a little bit better. So again, to you, hopefully you understand that as well, but it was always with the best business and the best intentions at heart. So you ever had any shoot fights where, you know, you go up against a guy that really. No. No. Okay. Mm-mm. Nope, never needed to. I've had a couple times where, you know, there's been receipts given back and forth. Um, but no, never, man. Like, unfortunately, anybody that legit gets into a shoot fight and has to fight somebody in the ring, you obviously are an untrained professional, both of you. Um, if you can't find a way to handle it without getting into a fight, then ultimately you are improperly doing this. Um, you know, there are been a couple accidents, um, you know, that I've had in the ring um, where I've accidentally knocked out a guy because I tell him specifically when I throw a forearm at that time, now punch um, that I'm like, Hey, you need to make sure you move your head a certain way. And ultimately that he ducked his head into it. And, you know, when you throw a punch and you throw in a punch and then you try to, you know, scoot away and it goes here and he's supposed to go here with his head. And then instead he goes here. Well, right in yeah. the temple, it's going to knock you out. Um, there was another incident with a uh, older gentleman that thought I had a problem with him, but I never had a problem per se with him. Um, I just knew of the things that he did um, to cause issues for other younger talents. And I heard things that he said about me and the gentleman was mad at me because I think I actually fractured his forearm. And it was a month prior where we had a match in a cage and my manager at the time threw me a chair. Well, I had told the guy in the back about it. 
that, hey, this chair is not normal. It's not flat on the side that you hit you with. I'm like, there's a bar right here. Because prior to that, he's like, you're going to hit me like a man, right? And I'm like, I guess. I'm like, I really don't want to hit you that hard. I'm like, I'm just not that way. And he's like, well, hit me like a man. I was like, okay. Then when I saw the chair, I'm like, bro, you still want me to hit you? And he's like, yeah, hit me like a man. I was like, cool. Chair got thrown in. I had, and I'm like, and he's like, hit me. I was like, all right. So I swung that thing as hard as I can. Well, that bar hit him in the forearm because he put his hands up, which is something he would tell all young guys you're a wimp for doing, but he put his hands up. And ultimately when he put his hands up, that extra little bar, which is, was only about that thick, but that extra bar cracked him in his forearm and he supposedly had a fractured forearm. Uh, we wrestled still a month later, but uh, and I didn't see any kind of any kind of uh, uh, um, cast or anything on him. He wasn't even wearing wrist tape on it, so I think he was just giving me shit because he didn't like me. But um, again, like that wasn't even intentional. Like I purposely did not want to hit him <laughs> because I knew the chair was messed up. But he asked for it, and I was trying to be the younger guy of the two and listen to the vet and. Ultimately, he got hurt, and I'm sorry for that because I never meant to hurt him either. Right, never meant right. to mean to hurt anybody if anything ever happens. You can ask most of the guys that wrestle nowadays. I'll hit them with something while I'm, while they're going down, or I go for a pin or put them in a hold. I'm like, you good? Is everything okay? <laughs> right. Yeah. Tyler, man. Uh, yeah, so I just saw that comment, actually, that Larry Wolf um, asked. And, you know, I kind of like to ask that question a lot on my show, but I know it's a really tough question to ask because there's probably so many people that you've, you know, faced that it's been, you know, a really good match or just one of those really, really tough matches. So I never really know how to ask it myself. But if you could say you had one, who would you say would be your toughest opponent so far? So, I, I know Larry's probably meaning it, like, persona-wise, what's the toughest. And that's, sadly, that's just not something that's there because we we know what we're doing. Um, and, uh, and sorry to break the fourth wall, but we know what we're doing. Um, so, like, we ultimately know what the outcome is. We know what we're, for the most part, for me, when I wrestle places, I know that there's a plan that's going to escalate from what I do. A lot of places don't just bring me in to do one-offs. And normally there's there's a plan, and we got to find a way to get to that plan. Um, so that's kind of a, 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 a faux question there. But now when it comes to like mentally, like whenever I need to wrestle someone, I have to say like some of the the, the really gut-wrenching ones that I'm worried about uh, are ultimately the guys that have trained me. Um, you know, like whenever I had my first match, I think my only match with Michael Elgin, I was severely worried about that. Because again, you've got a guy that goes around, calls himself the best wrestler in St. Louis, and you've got this legit former world champion and a guy that's, you know, signed to a, a new Japan. And this guy also lives in St. Louis. So like, you know, it, it, I was worried, am I going to live up to my name that I've been, I've, I've, I have put on myself, but ultimately am I going to still make him proud? Um, so that kind of match, that was kind of, um, a major one. Um, when I ultimately had my first match against Davey Richards, uh, which was like years after I did the, the six to nine months of training with him at Dynamo. Um, you know, and I know he never really had, uh, had a high hope on me or high uh, feeling on me uh, just because I was kind of the outsider of the dynamo group at that point. Um, I was more of a dingo guy than I was a Davy guy. And I was worried about that match and just to even get a, 
get a, a vote of confidence from him afterwards telling me that I, that he can see that I've changed a lot and that, you know, my wrestling is, 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 is great at this point or good. Um, that was, that was one that I got, went into very, very nervous about. Um, my matches with Leland, uh, I, I get nervous about because not only is he the head trainer for world league, but he's also the, one of the bookers for world league. And, you know, and he kind of helps run the place. So, when it comes to wrestling him, I want to make sure that what I'm doing is par with what he wants me to do um, for World League, ultimately. And I also want to make sure it's what he wants to do for World League. So we have two completely different styles. So I want to make sure that we're we're meshing very well in the ring and uh, want to make sure that, you know, ultimately we do the man proud that helped, you know, uh, get that promotion running. Um, and the other couple times that have been really uh gut-wrenching is whenever i did have the the tryout matches you know at wwe doing the the stuff before the show and um you know which like i was telling one guy this a couple weeks ago one of the greatest feelings in the world was to be able to turn and look and see myself on the titan trot and even though there was no fans and the only people watching were either the um the scouts or a good chunk of the talent would come out and watch it was still really cool to see myself on the titan tron um, but ultimately you're always worried about what you're doing in there for that, because is it good enough? Is it going to get you signed? And obviously I didn't get signed. Um, but it was still cool to have, you know, a handful of matches in that in a WWE ring watching myself on a Titan Tron, regardless if it was only in front of the other guys. Yeah. So we have another question from the um, group over here, Douglas O'Shea, who, who three guys, what three guys do you like to face in any company? Um, I mean, I, I've, I've talked to Doug a bunch of times. Um, and to be honest, I would love to get a match at some point with Doug. Um, you know, he's unfortunately got a negative rap put on him over the years. Cause you know, there's, there's this weird, weird, um, like rivalry in St. Louis among all the feds, which to me is hilarious. I mean, the only fed that doesn't really care about any other fed is world league. We do our own thing. Um, you know, cause we have our television program on 20 different major cities in the country, uh, as well as a bunch of other little, you know, ways to watch it. But, um, we, we're our own, we're our own fish in the sea there, you know, but, um, for some reason, every promotion in St. Louis has a rivalry with each other. And even if they don't say it, Tyler, you know, they all have it. And, um, and it's really odd to me and because like, uh, ultimately for me, like, I wanted to work all the places in St. Louis when I started because I wanted to be the guy of St. Louis. So to me, that's a little weird, but like Doug, unfortunately has always gotten that rap because he's, he was always a Frank Reed guy. He was an R, always an RCW guy. And, um, you know, like I, I told the guys the other day in our IEW group chat that, you know, the, the, the biggest thing about heels is that most people don't know what heat is. They don't truly know what heat is. They think they know. They think it's when the bad guy is beating up on the good guy, which it's not. It's not. It is the desire for the fans to want that baby face to do something to the heel. And ultimately for Doug, he had an easy character to work around because he was an anti-American. And, you know, and obviously in these eras, we've had a bunch of different things that have happened where it's always easy to go after a non-American character. And um, the desire for the fans was to make Doug O'Shea shut the hell up. And so he had the easiest heat. And I think a lot of people found that as cheap heat, um, which it's not. It's just a persona that's easy to work around. And um, 
he's always gotten a bad rap and I've always wanted to have a match with him just kind of like I had a match with Ward to prove to everybody that these guys can work with somebody that has traveled the country and is on one of the top five, six promotions in the country and they can have a great caliber match. And so Doug has always been a guy I've wanted to wrestle because I know it would be an easy job for me to work that day as a baby face, even though I normally am a bad guy. And I know ultimately it would just be an easy match to work. Um, and I know that I can sprinkle in Brandon Espinosa in there and still have my own stuff to do. But reality is, is that it would be an easy match for me to have to work with the crowd. Um, so I would always love to have a match with Doug and hopefully some point he, he may, you know, if he ever comes out of retirement, he, I can have that match because that's one of the only guys left in St. Louis. That's a, that's a staple to this area that I've never had the chance of actually performing with. Um, who else? Um, honestly, I would love to have a match with Jesse Goddard. Um, we've done a handful of like, uh, tag matches back in like 2011, 2012 and 2013. And that's all I ever got to do with him. But Jesse is, um, Jesse is a very well-rounded actor. Um, and he's very well-rounded as a wrestler and anything Jesse touches is always gold. And so, I would love to wrestle Jesse and actually finally get a one-on-one -on -one with him just to prove that again, that somebody like myself can still put on a very entertaining match with somebody who, again, anything he touches is automatically cold. Um, and a third guy trying to think here. Um, I mean, again, I mean, it, this goes back to a question earlier. I have never been in the ring with Al Snow as a wrestler. I've been in the ring multiple times with Al Snow for the television show, but I've never been in the ring where it's me versus Al of some sort. And again, that's the only person, the only mentor, only trainer that I've had that I've never had that match with. And I think that's probably, that's ultimately the one match that I would love to have and wish would happen is and that's the last major one, but I would love to wrestle those other two guys as well at some point. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks man. So as a fan, I don't know if Tyler will have these questions too, but as a fan myself, how important are us fans to you guys, the merch tables, the interactions after the match, during the match, how important are us fans to you? I mean, you guys are very important. I mean, if, if, if it wasn't for you fans, we wouldn't have anything to do. Um, I mean, you, it's something that I argue with um, with a lot of guys about. You have to know your audience. Um, the reality of it now is that the audience, for most, for the most part, on the mainstream level, is more catered to kids, um, and it's easy. It's the easy reason why. Uh, I, William Regal explained it to me. The main reason why the kids are the target audience is because if you have a kid, ultimately you want to give that kid everything, right? So if that kid wants to come to a WWE show or let's say a local indie like a World League or an IEW or SICW, you know, here in St. Louis, ultimately we need to cater to that kid because you as an adult, you're going to make a smart decision on what money you want to spend for yourself. I am, I mean, obviously I have an arcade right here, but like normally I don't spend a lot of money on myself. Normally I try to spend it on my kids. So if my kid likes something, I'm more than likely going to spend a lot of money. Like right now, I hate that my daughter is in cheerleading because it's so freaking expensive. But because she likes it, we're finding ways to make sure it's paid for. So that's the target audience in wrestling nowadays is kids. Because if a kid sees a mask like Kyle's mask for our uh, group, they want to buy it. And even though the price tag is one for 15 or two for 25, 
that parent's going to end ultimately probably buying two of them. If the kid likes stickers, well, that's why I have stickers, because now the kid can buy a sticker, you know, and, and, and that's ultimately who's going to get the money spent on us for us is going to be by a kid. You know, let's say an adult comes to a show and they bring five kids. That one ticket from the adult doesn't equate to those five tickets for the kids. So ultimately, you guys are a major part of this. Um, I mean, I sell a decent amount of merch at every event. Same with Kyle. And that's because of fans. The boys don't we don't buy each other's stuff. We we trade, you know, and even if we do buy something, that dude's going to buy something to mine later down the road or vice versa. So that's the whole point here and this is like the other thing i've had to explain to guys too because a guy named a guy named bob evans posts a lot of great ideas and philosophies for wrestling and one of his major things is is you have to stop worrying about your friends and families supporting you because the reality of it is and this is even for your podcast the reality of it is is your friends and family are not your target audience they're going to do it out of sympathy and out of love, but ultimately they're probably not in love with your product. So the reality is, is that you need to realize that your target audience is not your friends and family. It's the fans because the fans are the ones that are going to buy your stuff and be return customers. Not a pity buy, but they're going to keep doing it. I've had eight or nine shirts in the last six or seven years they sell out within a couple months because I only do a run of 30 t-shirts. And then I may get a couple extra here and there, but they're sold out. And guess what? They're sold out because people want to buy my stuff. But again, it's because the fans want to buy it. My family doesn't buy my shirts. My fans do. And I will never force my friends or family to buy any of my merch because they're not my audience. And I don't want to have that discrepancy between me and family because business should not be mixed with family. So ultimately, you guys, the fans, are what ultimately is what wrestling's about. Just like Al likes to complain to me about all the time, you're doing stuff in the ring for the – he says I do it for the boys in the back, which I don't. But ultimately, we're not doing it for the boys in the back. We're not doing it for the uh, friends and family. We're doing it for the fans. And we need the reaction of the fans because ultimately, if we don't have your attention, you're not going to keep spending money on us. And then we're a failing business and we're no longer needed. So, yes, you guys matter a lot. I appreciate your comment, man. I really do, because that made a whole lot of sense the way you phrased it about guys like Kyler and I doing podcasts. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you're honest. To be be serious with this, I'm glad you were honest about that, because that made a whole lot of sense, and I appreciate that for sure. Definitely. Absolutely. Tyler, man. Oh, again, I mean, really quick, kind of like he just said, you know, before I ask anything else, this this has been great, man. I've been having a lot of fun. I really appreciate both of you allowing me to come on. Brandon, your answer. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't let you. He just let you. Well, I have another, I have another podcast with you in February. So why would I want to talk to you right now? Scheduled for uh, February 23rd. Brandon is coming on, keeping it cool with Tyler Cooley. Um, but your answers have been amazing, so uh, thank you for that. But no, I uh, I kind of saw another comment in here from Larry Wolf. Uh, he says, "Ask ask Brandon if he remembers telling Sam to get off her phone and watch him." Oh yes, I mean that's that that's just me trying to interact with the fans. Um, you know the, the style I do of wrestling nowadays is um, 
more inkling to the TV style. So the reality of it with TV, and this is the truth of the matter, and if you ever watch it, and it's even really evident like with like lower attendance for AEW or WWE, but if you notice, there's always fans behind them but then they're always pertaining to the, t- the the camera. And ultimately there's probably not as many people. And the reason for that is because we've have you who bought tickets. Ultimately we want you that's watching to buy the tickets the next time. So we, we pay attention to the, um, the camera more than we do the people. But look, for me, I, I hate to look around the crowd and see people playing on their phones or, um, you know, playing with a toy or maybe even like I do sometimes bring a video game console and um, to me, that means I'm not doing my job because if you're not engaged with what I'm doing, there's something that's disconnecting in that ring with you. And if that's the case, I need to know what it is. So I'm going to try to get your attention. I'm not going to insult you. I'm not going to put you down. But because fans don't come to be insulted, they come to be entertained or be interactive. But ultimately, you're not going to go somewhere where somebody's like, you're fat, you're ugly, shut up, shut your mouth. You know, you're not going to. You're ultimately going to leave. Or you're just going to get back on your phone and not pay attention. So for me, yeah, if I see a fan on it, I'll tell them to pay attention to me because they paid to watch. So if you're paying to watch something, you shouldn't be on your phone. That's just my own personal opinion. So I that's why that's why I do it. It's just to get get some kind of crowd interaction there. Um, and I saw um, a comment from I think Jonathan. Yeah. He said who's who's who um who inspired my wrestling. So back when I started, it was very much Eddie Guerrero and um, Jeff Hardy. Um, and then it started to kind of be once I got rid of like street clothes (laughs) and actually got wrestling gear i started to get a lot of things that kind of mimicked uh y2j when he came in um as the lionheart so a lot of my gear was very mimicking of him it was still custom for me at that point but it was kind of i would send it to my gear maker and let him know that that's what i wanted to do and then um when i did the elitist gimmick um i don't know I, i don't think there was necessarily like an inspiration. I just looked at how somebody could be really cocky and pompous and just kind of be a jerk and uh, think they're full of themselves. Um, So if anything, I was more like politicians than I was wrestlers at that point. And so like, I didn't have a real big, like, um, uh, what is that called? A, um, I didn't have somebody that I mimicked after uh, or, or had an inspiration for that. Currently, the inspirations for the current gimmick, again, is uh, My Hero Academia character named uh, Stain, the hero killer, which is why I have hero killer on my stuff. Um, and then that a lot of his the philosophies of that persona um, in the show is what I have as my character for wrestling but a lot of it is mixed with a lot of those bigger group factions um more so like the wyatts maybe even a slight hint of um of uh oh crap i can't think of their name the order um the dark order sorry um there's anything that has kind of more of a cult following like persona that's kind of the 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 character now but a lot of the a lot of the mannerisms and the way i talk um, I listened to a lot of the stuff of how Bray Wyatt would talk as well as kind of where his um, inspirations for his speeches were. And I, that's where I kind of look for things. I always quote different things that people may catch or they may not catch, uh, but they're always, you know, some kind of uh, quote that's in most of my promos with things. Awesome. Awesome. And before we get any further, um, of course, I told you earlier on and probably in the chat that you, that I am a foster dad. I care for eight foster children here in the mm-hmm. Panhandle of Florida. 
Um, they know all about me. They know that I do a podcast. So they have some questions for you. It's, it's like a shoot question. So we're going to fire. I'm going to say the um, questions and you can answer them. All right. Okay. Favorite food. Food. Oh, hamburgers, cheeseburgers, sadly. <laughs> Does pineapple belong on pizza? Oh, I love pineapple on pizza. Yes. Favorite video game. Favorite video game. I am a huge fan right now of Fortnite, but ultimately I've played Pokemon since like the beginning of the uh, of the Pokemon craze. So were you walking around trying to catch, flicking your Pokeballs and trying to capture all the Pokemon? I did stupid stuff like that at home. Yes. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, my, my 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 mother made me feel like I was a an outcast liking all that stuff, and then ultimately I found out all my friends liked it anyways. Um, but no, I I I loved Pokemon, and I I still play to this day, and I've I've got my and this is a Pokemon comic, so yeah, I'm still a huge Pokemon fan. Favorite TV show? TV show. Oh, for a while it was This Is Us. I just really loved the uh, that drama, um, and it. I was really like dove into that. Um, but and then, but currently, like I just finished watching Loki. Huge fan of like comic books, so okay. loved the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But Loki was good. But <sighs> favorite TV show, one that I always go back to, like just to watch. As bad as it is, it's South Park. <laughs> Would that rank up as your favorite cartoon then? Yes, I love South Park. Yes. All right, all right, all right. I have some bad experiences watching South Park. We oh, I'm sure. I won't even go on that on the show here about that. So, do you acknowledge the tribal chief? Uh, yes. Speaking of, I, I I had to catch the Usos on a dive on SmackDown before, and I did not catch them right. They were okay, but man, dude fell or it was Jay fell right on my head, and I just heard a crack, crack, crack. And for the next three days, my neck was sore. But yes, yes, obviously acknowledge the tribal chief. I think that is the greatest heel character currently going on he has the real heat there's a desire for him to lose that belt and they just keep taking it away and that's the pure definition of pro wrestling heat yeah, one of my biggest i didn't understand heels probably as well as i should have but dom dom is probably one of my favorite heels oh yes dom and nick yeah yeah dom <laughs> that, and nick, yeah yeah dom and nick yeah yeah no yeah. He, i love dom's work is phenomenal how often do you go to the gym? Currently, I go to the gym about four to five times a week, um, yeah. sometimes twice a day. Um, I need to get back on it a little harder. I need to lose about 20 pounds. But, yeah, I go about four to five days a week, and then there's a few two-a-days that I do, like cardio in the morning, and then go back and do uh, yeah. lifting in the evening. Only a few more. What motivates you to stay committed? What motivates me to stay committed? Yeah, to your um, I mean, the, the biggest thing that I've always said – and like, um, you know, I, I've been given trouble, um, you know, by my family is that they want me to quit because I have kids and ultimately I'm not going to quit. Um, the motivation with wrestling, one of the motivations is I cannot tell my kids to follow their dreams and ultimately mine ended the time, the moment I had them. Um, so like, I, I just don't want to end the dream just because they're around if i end the dream it's because that's my personal choice the other motivation i'm good i'm not gonna lie one of the biggest things i wanted to do as a pro wrestler obviously everybody wants to get signed by wwe don't let anybody lie to you they all got into wrestling because wwe um and they want to be signed there um and if they don't they can find other ways to do it but ultimately my big goal that i was able to achieve because of ovw is i wanted the ability for my children 
to sit at home while I'm wrestling live and watch me on television. And because of OVW, I've gotten video proof of my kids watching me, cheering me. Actually, they cheer on Kyle and Tom. They hate me, but they cheer on Kyle and Tom. And they're like, go, Tom, go, Tom, go, Kyle. And then they're like, I hear, well, what about daddy? They're like, eh. But they're watching me. And that's Uh, that's the point. And even... Even my my mom and dad have watched it at home um, nice. when they get the chance to watch it because of because of fight TV or thriller TV and yeah. and everything like that. Yeah, pets. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna ask this is a question I have. I'm gonna ask a ask a TikTok question because that's what I that's how my journey started is on TikTok. Mm-hmm. But you already you already made reference that you're not a WCW guy, so you might not even know. So. Who, in your opinion, maybe Tyler can Tyler, you can answer this one too. Who, in your my, who, in your opinion, is the greatest WCW champion of all time? The greatest WCW champion? Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I know most of the history with WCW, so it's not not that I, I didn't watch it, but n- being who I am now, I know a lot of the history. The, I, I mean, honestly, I as bad as this is, it would either have to be Hogan. Or ah, I, I, Hogan or DDP, to, in my opinion. Okay, I don't want to piss you off. But ready? Okay. Yeah. David Arquette. Could be biggest heel in the business. <laughs> there you go. There you that go. makes sense. But it, it, and that's the thing a lot of people don't understand about bringing in outside talent is that they bring in the eyes that you're not expecting. And like currently, I, I see so many indie guys complain and moan and groan about Logan Paul. Here's the thing about Logan Paul that these indie guys got to understand, and this is why they ultimately hate him. He looks the part, which most of them don't. I don't even look the part. That dude looks the part. He came into the business with legit professional quality wrestling gear catered to him. Again, something that most of the guys on the indies don't have. Then on top of it, this dude takes this stuff seriously. I mean, everything he's done in the ring, you obviously can tell he has worked on, and he's not just trying it. So, again, David Arquette, granted, he, I don't think he had as big of a you know upbringing or training as like a Logan Paul does, but again, he had so many eyes on WCW because of that. Yeah. Tyler, man, I hate, I hate to keep you out of this. So, Tyler, go ahead. I'm, still, I'm supposed to answer that question, too. No, no, ask ask away. Ask oh, another question. Okay. I was gonna no, say no, I want you to answer I... the question. Who do you think? Yeah, who do you Even think? You, probably, you weren't even alive then. I, exactly. So let's just, you know, let's <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I wasn't alive then, but I will admit I have watched a lot, you know, a lot of footage, but I, I don't know, man. That would be a really tough pick for me, honestly. It it would be it would be a really tough pick for me, so I'm just gonna move on from that one. Um, I do see Douglas O'Shea in the comments here, though, asking a few questions of his own. So I wanted to try to make sure these got answered. Um, first question he says: Now I know you know you've worked for a lot of you know mainstream companies, um, Ring of Honor, WWE, uh, you know OVW. The list just goes on and on, but. If you had a choice of a, you know, one of those companies, I guess permanently, where do you think you could see yourself going? 
I mean, ultimately, and again, like everybody can lie and complain that when they get in the business, they didn't want to be signed to WWE and they say they didn't. But that's ultimately the goal from the get go. Most of us, especially my age, there was no AEW around. There was no there was no WCW anymore. There was no ECW. So ultimately, we only had WWE. And um, we didn't, most of us didn't get in it because we were watching stuff in Japan or Mexico. Most of us didn't even know that existed. Uh, I mean, obviously we know the countries exist, but we didn't know that the wrestling existed there or it had that culture. So, I mean, ultimately I would have loved to have gotten a contract by WWE, um, you know, and gotten more work with them. I mean, I can always, always reach out to them and try to get extra work. Um, You know, I've got paychecks and W2s from them. So, I mean, hey, that's more than a lot of people can say. Um, But I would love to have more of a presence on OVW um, back to what me and Tom were doing, maybe a little more. Um, You know, that is one company I've been with that I've never held a championship for. And um, I would love to be able to keep going there and grow my character and persona there. Um, You know, I am only 36 and there's a couple guys that are top guys there now that are 50, if not hitting 50. Um, so obviously I know that the age thing, as long as you're in shape and stuff is not a problem. Uh, plus I'm only 36. And again, I move around a lot better than even some of these 18 and 19 year olds do. Um, I mean, I hit drop kicks and stuff and people don't think I can do that. So, um, ultimately I would love to do more for OVW, um, whether it's myself persona wise, or even just able to keep building the company. Um, they are something that I've adored being part of since 2011, just as much as I've adored working for World League as well. Um, and I hope at some point World League can get bigger and better and grow their audience like OVW has. Um, but ultimately, I would love to have a bigger presence of some sort, whether it's to help keep building guys up or ultimately get myself built up over there. Um I, would, I want to be respectful of your time, so I have a few more questions. Um, if that's okay, do you got a few more minutes? Yeah. No, that's okay. fine. One of the things I've I the question I put into this uh, podcast I use now because of I talked to um, Tokyo Masha Kahagas uh, a while back, and uh, mm-hmm. he talked about brotherhood in the professional wrestling and paying it back. What does that mean to you? Not gonna lie, I hate the term brotherhood. Um, 100% because, uh, people turn a blind eye to stuff and, uh, and I'm not okay with that. We'll leave it at that. Um, you don't need a brotherhood in this. This is, this, this is a business. And ultimately when you go to work, you may have some friends that are from work, but they're not going to become family. And, um, while we do trust each other with our bodies and we really, really, yeah, we ultimately trust each other in the ring with each other. Um, there, there, the certain things with like brotherhood and family, you know, you, you let things slip and slide and go because they're family. And sometimes with wrestling, they, they let it do too much of, I mean, we see crap on dark side of the ring and stuff like that all the time. Um, you know, and, uh, so I don't like the term brotherhood. I don't like brotherhood. I don't like brother, brother. I don't like things like that. Um, I do use bro a lot or I used to, I don't anymore. Dude is still kind of my thing. And Tom coffee is kind of, uh, hammered in Bubba. And so I kind of say Bubba a lot. Um, but the, uh, I don't like the term brotherhood at uh-huh. all. I hate it with a passion because 
ultimately in the indies now as well there are a crap load of people that should have never gotten in this reality is i probably should have never been given the chance um i'm a five foot ten guy and at the time i was a 155 pound person um and so like if it i wish it was looked more like a business just so that it would be easier to accomplish things together there's there's a lot to hang on to and a lot to build in a terms of business wise and if you look at it as a business more than it's a family thing that's just my personal opinion all right last question i have before i let you close it out so you're in st louis and you have SICW, mm-hmm. and there's this annoying canadian oh god jesus christ i know he thinks he's the hottest shit in around the St. Louis area. Well, I mean, he called himself Slim Sexy for a while. So, yeah. Right, he Slim Sexy. Wearing, and this guy wears his purple tights and looks like Grimace. <laughs> I, well, I, I can't be mad about his tights. He went to my gear person, and, <laughs> I, and, and I think she did a phenomenal job on his gear. So, um, what is your take on Mr. Sean Vincent? I mean, I've known Chris for years. Um, I mean, up front, we worked. We didn't have too good of a relationship. Oh, nice. Ah, ah, Uh, That's horrible. That is horrible. Uh, But anyways, ah, so um, we didn't have a good relationship up front. Um, And I think it was because of a lot of uh, just bumping heads. Um, You know, again, it was that that, that rivalry that should be non-existent in wrestling. And because he was a GCW guy at the time and I was an MMWA guy, we just automatically were like this. Um, And like, you know, and again, like, it's that same feeling that I'm always pushing on the guys that I help mentor or train that you don't want to be just associated with one place unless it's a major promotion. Um, And like, to me, if you're working one fed in St. Louis, you're ultimately should want to try to work for everybody. And so a lot of people didn't like that about me at first because I would work for MMWA. I'd work for SICW. I'd work for Dynamo. I'd work for Glory Pro. I'd work for St. Louis Anarchy or LWA. I'd work for UWA. I'd work for RCW. And almost every Fed that's been in around St. Louis, I've worked for of some sort. And um, and I think that was a lot of the problems at first was because he was a stone cold, hardcore GCW person. And because I was an MMWA South Broadway trainee, it just didn't, it caused a lot of tension for no reason. Um, but nowadays, I, he's one of the easiest guys to talk to for me. I mean, he um, he respects my opinion on whenever I talk about things. Um, he respects me enough to send some of his guys to try to get help from. Uh, I mean, matter of fact, he called me earlier today about one of them. Um, you know, and he respects my my opinion on wrestling, uh, understands that I, you know, again, I my teachings with it, I have a lot of background and knowledge to explain it in better detail. Um, and yeah, he's just, I mean, he's, He's a guy that's known in the St. Louis area for being a St. Louis guy, and he has done a very good job of helping the SICW brand get bigger and better. Um, you know, with him being the quote unquote ambassador for years and being kind of the go to guy to help with there, um, I think it's helped that place grow. Um, you know, because he was of somebody more of my age and not somebody that was 15 years older trying to keep the old guard, I think it's helped build that company to be even bigger than it was. And, you know, and it, 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 you can call him Grimace and everything, but again, I am thoroughly impressed with the gear he has. Um, it Nice. Um, thoroughly impressed with the gear he has, and I'm glad that he 
invested more into himself. Um, that's a big thing with me with guys is invest in yourself. I mean, I've, I've got 16 pair of gear that are custom made for the new character. I've got three custom boots that are fitted for me and are only my style. And I've got custom music that fits only me as well. Well, it fits my group, but, um, and custom logos. And when he went and dropped and got that really nice gear, uh, from Lisa up in Canada to make that for him, I was thoroughly impressed with what she did. And I love the fact that he put, put all that investment and all that, um, effort into something like that. Awesome, man. I, yeah, you're right. You, you have to promote your own self. And that even yep. comes from Tyler. I'd say that to you myself. I'm just learning that we have to promote our own self. We have to do things for ourselves. You know, I'll be honest. My wife is probably in the other room making some tumblers. Cause we, uh, we try to make our own mugs or our own tumblers, oh, nice. or our own t-shirts. You know, I'm wearing one of my t-shirts right here. So, um, yeah. So, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate the, the guys in the chat, the people out that are watching. Please hit the subscribe button. Go to Brandon Espinosa on Facebook. Go to Keep It Cool with Tyler Cooley on the Facebook. Follow us, guys. Look, I mean, this is a dream for us. I mean, I know Tyler is younger than me. I'm 53 years old. I'm started in young. Well, I got into the business late, but it's still a it's just still a dream that's come, that's came true. You know, I can't I cannot say anymore. I, I love the opportunity to. I would never would I thought would I ever 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 interview a guy from OVW WLW. I would never have done that. I, it's, but you got to take the chance, yeah. you know. Um, but uh, I so I'm gonna let Mr. Brandon Espinoza close the show. Is there any shots that need to be fired? Is there any? Where can we see you? Where can we get your merch? And let us know about you. Then I'm gonna hit a song to to close out it. But please don't go anywhere, Tyler or Brandon. I want to talk to you guys off offline. So. Go ahead. Okay. It's your turn, man. So yeah, you can you can find me um almost on every World League Wrestling event. Uh we've got one this Saturday. Uh unfortunately it may be canceled due to uh, inclement weather. We have another show on February 10th, February 24th. Uh we have we are about to announce a special show in March, I think March 26th. Um, you know, you can follow me there. You can watch OVW Wrestling. Um, OVW Rise is what I think our new name is for the uh, program. Uh, you can watch me on that weekly. Um, currently, I'm kind of on a hiatus, but I always have something dipping into that promotion. Um, you can find me at all other local feds and stuff. You can, uh, IEW, I'm on for the most part. I'll be on Tyler's uh, podcast here in February. I think the 23rd is what we figured out the date was. Um, and so, like, just follow my Facebook, follow my Twitter. Um, I don't post a lot of things on Instagram. I'll post, like, uh, match graphics and stuff. Uh, but most of my stuff is on Facebook and Twitter. I always tag any posts that I'm in, any promotion I'm working for. Um, and, yeah, just remember that we are dysfunction, and you should join us. Awesome, man. Thank you, guys. Huge Pop Wrestling. Um, look forward to uh, seeing some WLW footage on the podcast. I'll do some watch-alongs. I got permission from Leland race to do this. I appreciate you Leland. I hope you're watching or listening, but we're going to be doing once a month. I think we'll do a watch along. Um, if Tyler, if you want to join on that, that'd be great. Um, so man, we're going to, I'm excited about the 2024 for huge pop wrestling podcast. Thank you, Brandon Espinoza. Thank you for um, Tyler for keeping always cool. I love those shades, but huge pop, huge pop wrestling is out. All my dogs make some noise up in this house. Who is in the house? Who is in the house?
who is in the house It's the gangster of destruction So you know what's going down And when the drive-by's coming Then you better hit the ground Cause when your body hits the canvas Then your head is knocked out Who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction So you know what's going down And when the drive-by's coming Then you better hit the ground Cause when your body hits the canvas Then your head is knocked out Fight with Adrian Whisper It's like a fight with the devil Because when he's dealing with you You cannot get on this level Fight with Adrian Whisper It's like a fight with a king, it's like a fight with an army, they got the tanks and everything He's leaving bruises and stitches, possibly leaving you crippled Cause when he sets up the table and sends you straight through the middle Six of this decree, beat that ass with a light bulb Leave a piece of glass embedded in the back of your skull Who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction, so you know it's going down And when the drive-by's coming, then you better hit the ground Cause when your body hits the canvas, then your ass is knocked out who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction, so you know it's going down. And when the drive-by's coming, then you better hit the ground. Cause when your body hits the canvas, then your ass is